Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You know, I was thinking, uh, why do we read that so much? I mean, I, I've heard it last night, I, I, I've heard it on the radio, and and, uh, you know, I've watched a little TV, it's on there, and it seems like during this time of the year, we hear a lot about Luke 2. It's just, you know what it kind of amazes me? It's almost like you think that's special. You know, it's kind of a special thing to read during this time. And, and, and I, I, when, I, when I look at this, I, I think, well, then if that's true, then why is Christmas so special? Why is it? Why does it mean so much to us? You know, we celebrate, we you know, we put up lights and trees and all that kind of stuff, and we celebrate this time of the year. We hear all kinds of uh, Christmas songs, and you know, uh, uh, you know, you you turn to those channels. You want to hear all that kind of stuff. You want to kind of get in that kind of spirit. And it's almost like when you read that, it's almost like, well, something's very important here, very special, and and I think it, it is special. And I think that a couple of things, particularly when you read that scripture, sometimes you read the scripture and don't realize really what's being said, but a couple of, actually three or four things are being said. Number one, that God came to earth. You think about that. 
I mean, all the big news that's out there, and we're living in a, a time of big news. I mean, you know, uh, it's just happening everywhere, and people are always, uh, you know, breaking news, and all of a sudden you hear something. Well, this is breaking news. God came to earth. I mean, that's amazing when you think about what really transpired. Not only that, not only did God come to earth, but God became a man. That's kind of a, a weird situation. I mean, if you've been up in heaven and the angels were up there and God said, I'm coming to earth, well, I'm sure they're thinking about lightning and thunder, you know, light show. We, we're, we're really into the show sometimes if we're not careful. We All the things, we want to create a great atmosphere because God is coming to earth. He's going to become a man, and so therefore we're going to make a, a big deal of that. But you know what? It wasn't a big deal. They didn't make a big deal out of it. He came like we came to this earth. We find that he went through the things that we have gone through. And he wants us to understand that he understands. We're living in a day that you talk to some people, and I wonder if they do understand. They can really understand what you're facing and what you're going through and the things you're experiencing. And what a, what a neat thing this morning to be able to tell you that there's someone that really understands the problems that you have. I'm sure a crowd this size coming in this morning that you face difficulty. You're facing problems right now. As you look at 2017, you may not be really excited about what's going on because of the things that you know are coming your way, the tragedy, uh, the hurts, uh, the disappointments, and yes, the betrayals. Christmas is special because God came to earth. Christmas is special because he became man. But sometimes we forget this, and if you look at Philippians chapter 2, we started last week and gave you this scripture. But in Philippians chapter 2, we see that another reason that Christmas is special is that Jesus came to die. Now, I realize we don't like to talk about that because, you know, this is a happy time and, you know, a festive time. And by the way, I'm for festive. Look at these socks, guy. That's festive. You know how many times I wear them a year? This is it. Yeah. I mean, I never have to even wash them. I just take them off the wall and put them on. You know, guys do, isn't it? Don't guys do that now? You know? Why do you think God invented Febreze? I mean, come on. You know, that's, that's a Christmas thing. And so, so I'm into being festive. I think it's wonderful. I, you know, I, we, we, it's an exciting time. And, and, uh, but I think we got to understand the... What makes this time special is because of what God did. Jesus came to die. If you're there in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, uh, he made this statement. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's why he came. He came, voluntarily came and gave his life. Why? To show that he loves us. The Bible says, but God commend his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The beginning of that scripture is Jesus dying on a cross. Uh, the Bible talks that greater love hath no man than a man lay down his life for a friend. You know, guys, I, can, I, I get it if a husband and father would give his life for his wife and children. That makes sense to me. It makes sense to me if a wife and mother would give their life for their children and husband. I got that. I even kind of get it if a friend would give their life for a friend. I can get that as well. But what I don't understand and what is hard for me to, to grasp is if, a, if a, I would die for an enemy, someone that I don't like, someone that I don't care about, that I would give my life for that person. But that's exactly what Jesus did. But God, 
gave us love and life for us in that while we were not seeking him, we were not searching out for him, we were not trying to get him into our program. He died for us. That's called love. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hey, it's wonderful this time of the year to realize there's somebody that loves you, someone that cares for you. And so the reason that he gave his life because he wanted to show his love, and also he wanted to pay for our sins. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. You know, you remember there in the scripture when the angel came, and, and I'm glad he made the statement, don't be afraid. There's a lot to be fearful about today. Would you agree with that? Boy, I, I t it doesn't matter where you land uh, in our society. Uh, we, we're living in a society of very fearful very, uh, very wicked times that we're living in and all. And I'm so glad that one of the first things, one of the first statements that the angel made, don't be afraid because I have got, because Jesus is born as a Savior. You think of salvation, you think of freedom. And we realize the reason that Jesus came was to give us freedom from guilt, a freedom from hell, a freedom uh, from uh, uh, bad habits, to be able to break bad habits, freedom from boredom, if you will. You know, God, God gives us freedom to have a new purpose in our life. As, as we look forward to 2017, and, and man, it's just a few days away as we anticipate that, I think we need to do so in realization that God has something for you to do. That God has a purpose, and you're still being alive. I always tell people, the reason why I know God's got a purpose for me, because I'm still here. He's got things for me to do. You know, as long as I'm breathing breath, as long as I'm alive, God has things for me to do, and God has things for you to do. The Bible says unto you this day is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. I don't know if you've ever spoken before. You know, if you could see what I could see. If you saw what I saw... <laughs> I'm breaking into song here, John. I've always wanted to do that. But uh, Adam's not the only one who can sing. I've tried to get Adam, me, to him and I sing together, but so far I hadn't worked out real well. But, uh, but as I'm making the statement about freedom from guilt and freedom from bad habits and freedom from sin, I, I look out here and I, I see folks kind of figuring, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Reverend, that's not me. I'm not all that messed up. You know, I'm kind of okay. And I think it's your okayness is going to mess you up. If God didn't thank you to Savior, he would not have provided one. I think he realized that we do need a Savior. We do need a transformation, if you will. You know, the, I think it's important to understand that the greatest giver is God. You've probably heard this before. The greatest giver is God, and the greatest gift is his son, and the greatest decision you can make is accept him, and the greatest mistake you can make is reject him. See, the reason that Christmas is relevant is because God came to earth. The reason that the reality of Christmas is that God became a man. He understands. And the reason for Christmas is that Jesus could come and die. But he's still in the scripture. We see the results of Christmas is that Jesus is Lord. Man, we didn't make much of that. You're saying if you're still in your Bibles in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9, 10, 11, speaking the thought that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It says a couple things here. It says because he came and humbled himself and died there on Calvary, paid the price for us, one of the things that will happen, his name will be honored above every name. And it also says this, he's going to be given a new name, and that new name is the Lord, Jesus the Lord. When you think about him being the Lord, you think about him being the master, him being the owner, uh, him being in control. Over 600 times in the New Testament alone, it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's important this morning that what it means to call him Lord, it means this, I acknowledge that he is God. <laughs> when I say that Jesus is Lord, I'm saying he is God. When I'm saying that Jesus is Lord, I'm saying I believe he's in control. And may I hasten to say this? I'm glad, aren't y'all? I'm glad he's in control. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to help my wife do right. I am not in control up here. <laughs> I probably should have. Could you take that off that CD thing? I don't want that going out. But when I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, I'm saying you're God. I'm saying you're in control of all things. I don't know about you, but that excites me to realize there's nothing that's out of his control. There's nothing he does not understand. There's not, there's not a new thought there. He is, he is God. He's in control. He cares. And when I say that Jesus is Lord, I'm saying he's God. I'm saying that he is in control. Last of all, I'm saying I commit all my life to him. Whatever he wants me to do, wherever he wants me to go, I want him to be Lord. I want him to have his free will in my life. I want to be able to say, when he comes to me and say, Bill, I want you to do this, I want to say, yes, whatever you want me to do. Let me tell you how important it is to call Jesus Lord. Uh, Romans 10.9 says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. See, Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again, and gave his life for us. You know what's amazing to me? All the people in Port Charlotte, they're going to celebrate Christmas and don't know who they're celebrating. It's amazing to me. We're going to go through all that, all that, all the the paraphernalia and, and all the singing and all the, they don't understand even the gift giving, what all that actually represents. And they don't understand who we are celebrating. And of course, the question I have for you this morning, is Jesus Christ Lord in your life? You know, if someone ever comes to you and says, uh, uh, where do you think this uh, world is, what, what's, what's going to happen to this world? Where is this world coming to? I can tell you, one day, every knee shall bow. Eventually, every politician, every religious leader, every business leader, every arrogant, uh, egotistic individual, every culture, everyone will bow to him as Jesus is Lord. It's going to happen. Everybody will. Of course, the question this morning is this. Um, do you do it voluntarily because of love or do you do it compulsively when it comes to judgment that God judges? You, you have an opportunity this morning to make Jesus your Lord. 
I think it's important to realize in that particular phrase that when it comes to talking about Jesus is your Lord, I think you need to realize the power in that particular phrase. It may look like our economy is in a mess, but Jesus is Lord. It may look like the other side is winning, but you see, Jesus is Lord. You may be here this morning, you're facing some real problems in your life, but Jesus is Lord. And I think it's important to understand, you may be angry or frustrated, or you're going through a very difficult time, but Jesus is Lord. And the question this morning is, have I committed my life to him? And therefore, because of that, I don't have to worry anymore. See, the reality of Christmas is this, guys. It's not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It is Jesus is Lord. Would you stand with me? Let's sing this together. Oh, come let us... Good. Oh, come let us. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. One more time. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come 